Hi there, podcasters. I'm Andrea Koskai, podcast producer and marketer, and you're tuned into the Behind the Content Podcast, proudly presented by Recast Studio. Get ready for an exciting journey as we delve into captivating conversations with seasoned professionals in the industry, uncovering the secrets to their successful content creation and distribution strategies. We'll explore everything from managing your own podcast to promoting it effectively and implementing top-notch sound engineering practices. The podcast is brought to you by Recast Studio, your go-to AI-powered podcast marketing assistant. With Recast Studio, podcasters like you can effortlessly create marketing materials like eye-catching audiograms, enticing video clips, informative show notes, compelling blog posts, and shareable social media content. All in just a matter of minutes, thanks to the magic of AI. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Lindsay Phillips, welcome to Behind the Content. So happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a great title, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's exactly what we're going to be talking about because your expertise is content marketing. So I would love to know everything that goes behind that, strategizing, the creative part of things. And also, we can start out with your journey. So were you transferring from a different career or were you always in podcasting? What's kind of your history with this medium? Yeah, no, it's been a weird journey. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but all good all the same. Yeah, I used to have my own business in a completely different industry. And then I was a VA and working just kind of like, you know, on my own while my kids were really small. And then I grew to have a VA firm. And then I niched down because I loved content marketing. And so I had a content marketing firm and grew and and then I started to launch my own podcast and was doing it for other clients and was guesting on shows and just really saw the power behind it. And I didn't realize the impact as much as I anticipated on my business, but also the relationships that I formed and how fun it was. And as you know, like niching down in your business actually allows you to attract more business than it is to repel. So I'm like, and it's just easier to scale your business as well, right? So niche down again to podcasting and I did launches, production, like all ends of it. And then in the past year, I've really just kind of focused and gone back to my roots on the content marketing end of things. And now we strictly just leverage the content, whether you're a guest or a host, so that you can attract and convert more clients. And so just kind of niche down again, if you will. Yes. The most important thing that you can do, I think, in a podcast or in a business is definitely yeah. going niche and being intentional about it. And what I want to ask you is, you know, you said you've had a long journey in podcasting. You've done a, a bunch of different things. As as maybe people listening know, you wear a lot of different hats. You're CEO, entrepreneur, you're a podcast host. So I would love to hear your thoughts on the changes in the industry, maybe from when you got started and where it is now. There have been a, you know, a lot of changes in how businesses make decisions and I think in listener uh, patterns. So what are your thoughts on that and how has it impacted what you're doing? 
yeah, it totally has changed. And I think it it's changed in respects to the audience is more mainstream now, right? It's like everyone knows what it is. They have it on their phones. They have it on their Alexa while they're doing everything. So to me, it's grown in that you can get in front of even more people than you were, let's say, six years ago. So that is the beauty of it. And everyone thinks like, oh, more people are getting into podcasting, so it's more competitive. It is and it isn't. I think it forces business owners and podcasters to, again, niche down and be very specific of what their podcast is and be very specific in their messaging, be very specific in who they want to attract and who they want their listener to be. And therefore, I think it'll impact their business in a bigger way. So you can attract more uh, of your ideal client versus like fishing in the big ocean, right? Or like having a, a podcast on business growth, something that's very general. So now you see podcasts that are like, I didn't even know there would be like a podcast on socks or like random weird things that you wouldn't think there would be a podcast about but there is which is super cool and I think it allows us to really kind of tap into our own personalities and like what we love and and our why and our purpose and I think it's just allowed us to really just show up differently to how we market our business and and share our voice I mean I we can have a whole topic on this, I swear. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I love the socks example because I think that's <laughs> that's exactly how the podcasting industry is, which is great. Many people say it's oversaturated and you know, we have enough podcasts just stop, but you know, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of books that are still coming out and they're all great and they're for, you know, different types of of audiences and what I'm really curious about as well since you are working with branded podcasts and businesses is how do you kind of help them communicate to their audience the value they're getting from this podcast and maybe how it stands out when there's uh, such a big sea of, of shows? Yeah, it can feel really daunting. And to me, it's like you can't think of your podcast as some like side project or it just stands out by itself. I know some people kind of like the knee-jerk reaction is to, ooh, I'm passionate about this, so I'm going to build a podcast. But they don't even understand, like, I, I should backtrack a little bit and just say I kind of only deal with podcasts that are being used as a marketing tool to grow their business. I don't work with those that are like a passion project or, you know, those, those kinds of hobbies or or whatever. But I think you really need to be strategic on what the podcast is about, why you're doing it, and how you're using it to market your business and attract, you know, get leads. And like, really, on a bigger scale, there's different reasons why people go into podcasting. Some of them are like, okay, I'm going to launch a podcast because I really want to show up as a leader in my industry and be like the thought leader and then again, attract those high-end clients and get like guest speaking spots on bigger stages or just like boost your authority, raise your rates, have a bigger program, whatever that may be, where some people want 
okay, I want to do it from a sales perspective because I want to interview people that I kind of want my foot in the door to be as a potential client. You can do the podcast as that I need leads. So there's, there's, you really need to be, again, intentional of why you're doing it, what goals you want to achieve, and therefore it'll be different on how you produce it, who's on your show, how you're leveraging it, where you're sharing it. There's so many moving pieces and it, it can feel overwhelming sometimes, but getting super clear on that is like of the utmost importance. I think that answered your question. I'm not, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know where I went down there. Yes. It did. It did. And I assume this is also the conversation you have with your with your clients and with the businesses that you're working with kind of coming from the podcasting space. Maybe it's new to them. Maybe they don't even listen to podcasts and they're just, you know, starting this completely new marketing avenue for their business. You kind of have to come with your perspective and with your expertise and also understand their scope of work and goals to come together too to the final product. And what I want yeah. to ask you is how successful have you found podcasting as a marketing tool? Because it seems like, again, with the podcasting industry changing and with, you know, just the economic state of the world right now and yeah. many businesses making difficult decisions. So how, yeah, how successful have you found these branded podcasts to be? And what are some of the best ways and most efficient ways that you've found to market them further? Yeah, that's a couple of angles there on the question. And I think the first and foremost is, is really going into it, like, again, your why. Like, you don't want to, oh, I'm going to start a podcast because I should start a podcast because everyone's doing it. You know, I actually, this woman I do some other stuff for, but she started, she had a podcast and she did it to grow her business, but she wasn't getting the results that she wanted. And it's like, I kind of made her stop and think. And I'm like, you're at a stage in your business where it would be more advantageous for you to guest on podcasts to get more exposure, get more visibility, be seen, and get leads to grow your list, to grow your following. And then once you kind of get that up and you're, you're seen as an expert, then you may want to like, you know, host a, a podcast. So you really need to, again, looking at both sides of the mic, you don't want to do it for the sake of doing it. And you want to be a guest or, a, you know, a host again, for different reasons. I always think it's really smart to actually be a guest first before you host. You get really clear on your messaging. You get really clear on what it is that you're an expert at. You get used to talking to people. You get used to that, you know, giving little sound bites, giving tips, sharing your stories. You kind of get better at honing what it is that you do in your messaging and your craft. And then it's it's just easier and more effective to be a host. In regards to leveraging it and marketing it, I mean, we could kind of go into my whole podcast leverage system, but the biggest mistake or two biggest mistakes that podcasters make, whether they're a host or a guest, is not publishing it on their website. A lot of people will just, oh, it's in iTunes, it's in Spotify. I'm good. 
Like, no, you want to be everywhere. You want to be in all of the directories because think of all the people that you're not getting in front of if you're not on, you know, CastBox, Good Pods, the list is long. But and then with your website, you always want to push traffic to your website so they can see what you do and how you're going to serve them. You have opportunities to like capture leads. And again, getting that traffic to your site and boosting your rankings and, and so on. And when people go to your website, whether you're a host or a guest, they see your content, especially if you're a guest, and be like, oh, they're an expert. They're somebody. You know what I mean? Like they're like, ooh, they've guested on all of these shows. So you automatically boost your authority and your credibility. So always publish your episodes on your website whether you're a guest or a host. And don't do the one and done. You know, so many people that are guesting or hosting, they will put out there, oh, I've got a new episode or, you know, I was on this show and they'll share a link and then like, that's it. Whereas you can leverage the heck out of every episode. You can create reels. You can create square videos that go out on LinkedIn. YouTube shorts, consumable content that is attracting your ideal client. And I will give a little shout out to Recast because they're awesome for creating those. <laughs> and I always love a good shout out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Recast knows what they're doing. And just kind of like, you know, pulling out quotes, pulling out little tips. And it, especially if you're a guest, like it, it's your voice, it's your content, it's your expertise. You know, why not boost your own authority and take control over what's out there and create that content? And it's super easy. It's like you've got all this, these goodies in this episode, you know, pull them out. And when you're a host and you're sharing content that is, you know, their voice and what have you, you know, you're tagging them. You're, you're getting your name and your podcast in front of a new audience. I mean, I could go on and on. There's, there's like so many little strategies on how you can leverage those episodes. When you work with your clients, do you how do you kind of form the target audience and you know the ideal listeners? Do you think mostly of podcast listeners? Do you think of the profile of, you know, their typical clients and kind of how do you go about that strategy and how can someone do it on their own at a at a base level because I assume it's a, you know, you need a bigger team for that and you need support, which is yeah. why they come to you. Yeah, typically it's like I again with branded podcasts I work with businesses. And I typically work with a company that already has like their funnels in place. They already have most of their messaging dialed in. So they know exactly who their avatar is, their ideal client. And it's like they need to look at the end game too, right? It's like let's say you've got like a lead magnet and then you have a couple of courses. And then at the end, let's say you've got events or a coaching program. So it's like, who do you want to attract? Who is like, you know, if you look at your five best clients that are not giving you stress, that are easy to manage, that are bringing you your bread and butter, and you love serving and you solve solutions for them. And they are like, loving what you're doing and singing your praises. So you think about those five people 
and you write down like all of their pain points. What is it that you solve? What like what have you solved for them? And what are the results that they've gotten? Where are they at in their business? Where are they hanging out? Are they in Instagram all the time and not in LinkedIn? What if they're mostly in LinkedIn and they hate Twitter and they're not in Twitter? So then you kind of know also kind of like where to be, right? And and also know that like what if your target market don't even know podcasts? Like what if your target market are like, I don't know, 67-year-old people that are retiring and X, Y, Z, and Z? So then you by understanding that, like what if you launch a podcast and they don't even listen to podcasts? So what like what would the point be? <laughs> Do you know what? Maybe they love videos. So spend your time doing videos. So you really need to map that out so that you can really understand that. And then so therefore, once you create that podcast or you're creating the topics that you're that you want to have to guest on. For shows that you want to guest on, being super specific to solve a problem and really like, again, not be like, oh, tips for retirees. like. You don't want to be super vague. It would be like, you know, if you're in financial or something like that, it would be, you know, about finances and retirees so that it's a very specific topic. So it's easy for them to be like, oh, that's going to help me solve this, this and this. I'm going to listen to that. So understanding that avatar and what it is that you do and who you want to attract. And even if you have three facets of your business. I would focus on one of it. That's really your bread and butter versus trying to do everything at once. So in a, in a short, kind of concise, you know, <laughs> synopsis, that would be my advice. Yeah. Sounds like a lot, a lot of uh, facets that you can look at. And the more you look at, the better it is and the more successful your, your mm -hmm. podcast is going to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, OK, so we talked about a bunch of different things that Brian Podcast can do. We talked about leveraging each episode. We talked about getting your website in order. We talked about, you know, guesting and a bunch of different things. So my question for you is for maybe businesses that are worried about sustainability and how feasible it is to produce the podcast and market it as well. What would you say are the most time efficient and, you know, maybe even cost efficient ways that you can market a podcast on the long term in a way that's not overwhelming or, you know, maybe encourages or or can lead one day to to the team just not being able to uphold that level of activity? Yeah, I mean. You know, too, there are a lot of moving pieces that go into podcasting, especially if you're a host. And I think that's part of the reason is Podfade is that it's overwhelming as to, oh, my God, I have to do this every week. And it's not just recording. There are all the moving pieces in production, in onboarding your new guest, in, you know, promoting it and creating those assets and informing the guest and communicating. There's so many moving parts. The key is having a system. And one of my friends, Adam, has PodTask. So there are tools out there that will help you. And Alex has one too, and I can't think of the name right now. 
Pod Pros has a tool as well. There's tools out there that you can have to like break it down of all the moving pieces. I use Teamworks for my project management system. I obviously have a team that do, you know, various things, but it's like break it down. Think, okay, once the episode goes live or what, sorry, once the episode is recorded, it has to get edited. The intro has to go on. And then maybe you need transcripts. Maybe you, you know, you need show notes. Obviously you need graphics. So think about all the moving pieces of this stuff. Create a system. Who does what, when, in what order. And if you template that, and then it's like as soon as you record it, then you do your thing. And then you pass off to a team member that does X, Y, Z. And then it's like a well-oiled machine so that you don't have to think about it every week. Oh my God. And then you're not scrambling at the end of every week. It just happens. Or obviously outsource it to a team that is a production team that maybe does all your editing and maybe you hire like, you know, a leveraging and promotion team like myself that once it's recorded, I take all the stuff, make all the things, pre-schedule it out, you know, emails for your list, whatever. And then it's just done and you don't have to worry about it. But you either need a team to support you and or a system so that it's it's not floating around in your head and you don't you don't skip things that need to get done done because you're run out of time. Yeah. I'm a big fan of organizing and of outsourcing because yeah. as you were saying, like this industry and like this kind of a project, if you start a podcast, especially if you have such a clear goal, it's definitely not something that you can do on your own or it's not something that you can sustain. No, it, it's super not. I, I did do a podcast launch a couple of last month for uh, a client. I don't normally do launches anymore, but, and we're like, you know, getting all the pieces together and then like, you know, launch promotion and then the episode promotion. And my client was like, oh my God, I had no idea there was all these pieces involved. And she's like, thank God you're handling it for me. Cause she was just like, I don't even I can't even keep it straight. <laughs> That's a lot. That's why I have the most utmost respect for independent podcasters. Because this, yeah, this is no easy job. And no. I mean, even independent podcasters and anyone, you need help and you need to ask yeah. for help. We, I think we all need to get better at that. Yeah. And it does help though, right, Andrea, that there are like tools out there um that will help you audit yeah. or edit do you want to spend the time yourself doing it maybe not but there are automation tools out there that do make it a little bit easier at least and there's like new tools out coming out every day i swear it's hard to keep track yeah for sure and i think that's what makes podcasting so special because it's such an accessible medium and you know, mm -hmm. even for a small company, like a local business, that's something that you can definitely get started. And Lindsay gave you, already gave you so many ideas and so many tools for what you can do. And so you just got to start out. And as you grow, you, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to outsource and, you know, but all the tools are out there and it's accessible. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, you don't have to do it all at once, right? Like at least get yes. the ball rolling and get like, okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it out to all the directories. I'm going to, you know, do show notes or whatever it may be and get that piece done and then just kind of like get a routine. Okay, now I'm going to use the video and make reels. I'm going to weave that into my process. And then you can go 
the beauty of the podcast is that, you know, you have the content, you can go back in your archives and repurpose that old content. Like I only just started using YouTube shorts. So I went back to old episode and have my team working on doing YouTube shorts now with those. So it's like, you can still go back and use that and then kind of like weave that into your marketing. You know, maybe you haven't emailed your list a whole lot. So now you're like, ooh, I can go back to past episodes and start using that content to share with my e-list or, or vice versa. So it's never too late to kind of like weave in one new piece or a new strategy of promoting it and leveraging it and just kind of like whatever helps keep you consistent. Exactly. Yes. Consistency is key. And uh, yeah, you can definitely leverage all those tools. And I think this is also important for podcasters that do get overwhelmed and maybe they get burnt out. You can take a break. It's okay to take a break. And this is the time where you can Mm -hmm. go back to a lot of the work you've already done, repurpose it, like Lindsay is saying, and, you know, also be transparent with your audience that you're moving into a new phase for a while. But still deliver and be present and, you know, be putting another layer to, to the growth of your podcast. Agreed. And I actually told one of my clients, cause I, she goes into tax season and stuff like that. So she's like so overwhelmed. So I'm like, let's not do an ongoing podcast where you're like locked in. Cause I think that's going to be too stressful. Let's, while you have the time, let's bank a bunch of episodes and do a season or a series. And then you can also launch that all out at the same time and create this huge buzz where all these guests are like, you know, promoting it at the same week. And then you can drip them out each one over a series of time. And then you've got time to be like, okay, now, you know, next August, I'm going to release season two or another series. So then it doesn't feel like as panicky and you're fitting your, your, your time restrictions, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you can also do mini episodes. You can do mm-hmm. feed swaps. You can replay old episodes. I feel like we're nerding yeah. out on podcast marketing here, I and I love it. <laughs> so, okay. Something else that I want to ask you about and how you incorporate this with your clients, I'd love to hear, is community is so important in podcasting. And you've been on a bunch of different podcasts, like Entrepreneurs on Fire. You've you know, spoken at PodFest and participated at a lot of events. So what role has networking played in your journey so far? And how do you advise your clients to leverage that tool as well to to market their podcast and build podcast friendships and and take it further? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is if people don't know you're a guest expert, or they don't know that you've been on stage or speaking at this and that, then you're less likely to get invited to new things. So it's like, look at your website. Do you have, again, having episodes that you've guested on or speaking opportunities, do you have that on your website? Do you have a press page that has like your bio, your your topics, your examples maybe of like different things that you've spoken at or different shows that you've guested on so that when people go to your website to check you out they instantly like oh she's been on stage oh you know she's guested on this this and this so they they automatically trust you or be like 
oh, that'd be a no-brainer then for me to invite that person onto my show or give her this opportunity. She knows the drill. She's like clearly got it going on, whatever. But same with like your LinkedIn profile, right? Like, like the title, the description. Do you say that you're a speaker? Do you say that you're an author or that you're a guest expert? In the featured article section, you can have, again, one of those episodes that you've guested on so that when people are going to your profile, they automatically register that you have had these opportunities. So they're more likely to book you for their opportunities. And, and this to me is like the beauty of the relationships when you are having a guest on your show, when you are guesting on someone else's show, is not to think of it in a transactional way oh, I'm going to leverage their audience and I'm going to be a guest on your sh on their show. They're going to push it out. You know, my part's done. Mm -mm. <laughs> like, no, you connect with them on social media. You comment on their posts. You stay connected. You know, doing pod swaps is another great thing because you get to see them again. And even just talking, like, you know, if you're both in the same industry and you're both kind of serving similar audiences, are there other ways that you can you know, do things together. I'm doing a, a LinkedIn live later this month with my friend Tori. Again, I've been on her show. She's been on mine. We serve similar audiences. So, hey, let's do a LinkedIn live together and share, you know, our wisdom. That'd be super fun. And again, you're like tapping into each other's audiences and it just opens up naturally to doors. You know, I've had a, a woman where she's like, oh, I know this person. They're looking for speakers. I'll give them your information. I'm like, sweet. So I got to guest on the Influence Mastery Summit. And so it just naturally, when you're building those relationships and you're staying in touch, they will think of you when these opportunities come up. So there's kind of like two ways where you can kind of leverage that in a way that boosts your authority and your influence so that you can get even more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that because as you said, a lot of the times it's very or it seems very transactional and maybe people don't even think that you can take it further, you know, stay in contact. Mm -hmm. They they just think of it in a vacuum. And honestly, it's a much better use of everyone's time if if you make yeah. it, you know, a longer term connection. I know. And like we're nice people. We're fun. We're cool. It's like, yeah, I love meeting new people that are like interesting and you click with and let's like why not kind of lean into that? Because to me, that's what makes it enjoyable is like the people. I don't want to be in some tiny little corner. Sure, I work from home, but like I want to talk to people. I want to connect. I want to, you know, do things. And it just makes it fun for me anyways. And podcasting as an industry, I think it's all about the community. You know, you can start your podcast, you can do your thing, mm -hmm. but probably want to have guests on you probably want to go on other shows you probably want to do some promo swaps so you gotta yeah. you gotta stay connected and not just that you gotta but like you said it's it's great to do it because everyone's in this because they love the medium and they love what they yeah. do and it's all about the connection rather than the competition yes agreed and that surprised me too actually i remember when i went to podfast and I just felt like it was like I find events like that that are big. I don't know. I find them nerve wracking. I just feel comfortable in those situations a little bit. And but PodFest, I felt 
very easy. Like everyone was like super helpful. They like genuinely wanted to know more about you. They're like, oh, let me connect you with this person. Have you met this person yet? Like really actually like caring and helping, even though they were in the same industry, there wasn't this that sense of competition. And everyone in the podcasting industry that I've spoken to, had on my show, there, even though we serve similar audiences or even sometimes we do similar things, there is not that sense of competition. Like it's, there's enough work out there for everybody. And who I serve may not be who you serve exactly or what I do is like a little different or whatever. There's just, there is no sense of competition. And I love that. I find that super unique because some industries are not that way at all. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think some people, maybe if they just got into podcasting, they would say, oh, why would I work with someone else? Or why would I promote someone else's podcast? My listeners are just going to go on that feed and never come back to mine. But if you're, you know, confident and you're consistent in your content, you shouldn't be worried about that. Agreed. I know. I just did a trailer swap with Behind the Microphone, Adam Baru. And so, again, like we're both in the podcasting industry. We both have podcasts about podcasting, (laughs) but it's like I used his trailer for a few of my episodes and then he put a trailer of my show in his so that we can, you know, both cross promote our audiences. And and I always want to serve my audience and like, hey, here's another great podcast that you might like or here's another service or app or whatever that you might find helpful like you you have to go into it I think it with a mindset that you're serving and helping others and I think if you have that mindset you're going to attract like people and it's just going to you know create more opportunities for you yeah totally and it's not as if someone listens to one podcast, they're going to replace it with another one. They're probably just going to listen to a second one and add it to their queue. Yes, exactly. Okay. Tell me a little bit about, since we're talking about networking events and how important community is, um, it is a nerve wracking, uh, I think, event and space. And, you know, it can definitely feel like that going into it. Maybe once you're there, you get more relaxed because you see that the Mm -hmm. atmosphere is welcoming. But how do you recommend to your clients to get ready for an event like this? You know, do you suggest to them to have certain ideas going in? Maybe, you know, probably a business card on them, you know, but basic things like that that are good reminders and can make you feel more at ease when you go into that kind of space. Honestly, I'm not the best one to give advice on that. But my coach at the time said, you need to do three things while you're at the event that you're not comfortable doing (laughs) so that you're not like shying into like be like a wallflower. So he's like, when you go into, you know, where there's like a a speaker, not a big keynote speaker, but those smaller kind of like breakout rooms or whatever. And I remember like some big names were speaking. I can't, Michael Hyatt was one of them. And so He's like, at the end, stand up, say who you are in your business and ask a question. I was like, oh, snap. It was like, what? So like, you know, I'm like, okay, I have to do three that three times. So I did. I had to like stand up, say who I was, where I was from, and then ask my question. He's like, because you need to stand up to like 
be noticed and you're more likely to have people to come up to you later and like whatever. And, and yeah. And I, and he's like, go up and get your picture taken with that person. I was like, can't do that. And I did, I had my picture taken with like so many different, you know, entrepreneurs that you're like, I'm not worthy. (laughs) And it was just, yeah. Like I had to do things that were out of my comfort zone. And I, for like, so I had like a checklist of things that I had to do. And I think that's really smart actually. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, we're already thinking or most people are thinking of doing those things, but maybe they're, you know, thinking about it twice, overthinking or saying, okay, I'll do it next time. You know, I can say that it depends on the day. Sometimes I am so excited to go up to anyone. And on other days, I'm like, what do I even say? So I totally get it. And I think, right, this is like such a good system, because if you have this like task list, it's like, okay, You can be more pragmatic about it and, you know, have your mission, do it, know what you're going to do and have less surprises that way, too. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully just good ones. I know. But then you've like if you don't do those things, you end up feeling disappointed in yourself. Right. You know, I really should have taken advantage of that. And then at least like if, you know, you stumbled on your words, you weren't perfect, like whatever. But you know what? You did it. Like you did something to progress that networking and getting to know other people and connecting with other people. And like when you're at those events, for sure, go around like the vendor booths and that and talk to those people because they're they're ready. They're like, come on over, you know, have a chat. They're open to conversation. So that's a really great way of like meeting people in a kind of a an easier, more comfortable way. And you get great information and maybe you meet someone that you want to have a guest on your show or, you know, a reason to reach out later for for something. Yeah, love that. Love those tips. And for everybody listening, you know, take these in, take notes, take them with you to the event and just try it out because the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. And you'll be surprised at how happy people are that you went up to them and how probably yeah. they are just as nervous as you. True, true. Can you tell us also a little bit more about doing a kind of theme change here, but tell us more about your podcast leverage system. How did that come about and how do you use it with your clients? Thanks for asking. Yeah, I know I kind of teased some of the things earlier. So the podcast leverage system is four steps to create authority boosting content consistently without overwhelm. So it's just, I find again, a lot of podcasters, guesting you can do it as a guest as well is that you're not using that content enough so that you're out there you're visible you're getting exposure showcasing your authority so the four steps the first one is publishing uh for results so again i alluded earlier to publishing the episodes on your website as blog posts with show notes timestamps. you've got call to actions all over the pages and what have you, so that people can consume it, YouTube, embed in there. The second one is distribution for maximum exposure. And so one of the things is, yes, you want to distribute not just Apple and Spotify to like all the directories, all the apps. The cool thing about that is not only will you notice that your downloads go up, but you will find that some of them actually have like rankings. So like Good Pods, for instance, 
I remember getting an email and it's like, oh, you're number seven in the entrepreneurial, I can't even remember now, business marketing category. I'm like, what? I'm like, yay. And then, so it's like, you can snapshot that and share that on social to like, yeah, you know, is it the be all and end all of rankings at iTunes is Spotify? No, they are the big players. Yes. But they're a little like it just boosters, right? That you can showcase on social to get more eyeballs on your, your podcast. And the more eyes and ears that you're in front of, the more downloads, the more visits to your website you'll get, the more leads and so forth. But distribution also includes your own social channels, right? Don't just focus on one. Sure, like for me, I'm, a, I'm more involved in LinkedIn. I get more action there. I just enjoy it more. But yes, I put the stuff on other social channels. You know, use the video, publish it in YouTube, make sure that you're tapping into those that are loving video subscribers and so on. And it is the biggest, sec you know, search engine out there. Email your list. Like you have a captive audience, stay top of mind and get them consuming your content. And plus you're serving them. And you can always have like promos underneath or call to actions or whatever for them to take another next step. LinkedIn newsletters. There's so many different ways that you can distribute your podcast episodes in different ways. The last two are repurposing and multiplying. So repurposing is don't be afraid. If you create a podcast episode, don't be afraid of like creating a blog post or creating a going live one day on LinkedIn about that topic. Or you can even go live on Facebook and be like, hey, I'm releasing an episode next week, you know, and then talk about like the topic and some of the pain points to kind of like seed it. So there's different ways that you can reuse that same topic or even a, a piece of the topic and do a video on or do an email about or whatever. Just because you've done a podcast episode doesn't mean that, oh, I can't talk about that again because it's already out there once. You can talk about it in different ways, in different mediums. And multiply, which we've spoken about, is taking those little nuggets, a quote, asking a question out there. Like I did an episode or I had a guest on about Facebook ads. And so I just posted a question, like how many of you are doing Facebook ads to grow your podcast? Again, it's not, it relates, but it's just trying to get that engagement and that interaction. Reels, shorts, square videos, obviously. So just finding different ways of creating consumable content that is easy for people to scroll, take a little chunk of information, and then brand it with your podcast on it, like in the corner, like, you know, brought to you by Leverage Your Podcast Show, whatever it may be. So they know that that nugget was from your podcast. So your podcast is always top of mind. And they're like, oh, that little nugget was from the podcast. Oh, I want to listen to the whole thing. Or I better look that podcast up. So they're more likely, you're, you're more likely to attract more listeners. So they're the four steps in a really quick rundown. <laughs> well, I hope everyone is taking notes. <laughs> and if I you have to go time. back, <laughs> if you have to go back, definitely go back because no, this is really, really good information, Lindsay. And for everybody listening, like you said, you basically gave them the rundown of what they have to do step by step mm -hmm. to market their podcast. So now you just got to put it into action. But before all of that, yes. remember to put it into the 
uh, organizational structure that Lindsay was talking about <laughs> to be able to keep up yeah. with it. Cool. And I want to ask you, because you mentioned so many different tools and formats for marketing videos and posts, uh, what are your thoughts on audiograms? Recast Studio, as you know, and as listeners know, is an expert in audiograms. So what is your suggestion to our listeners and to podcasters in general for using them as marketing tools? Oh, my gosh. The amount of time they save is ridiculous. And AI is useful, right? Like AI can help generate show notes. I just don't like how AI creates social media posts because it feels really sensational, you know, like transform like never before. And it's like, it's just weird. You want it to be from your perspective. You want it to, you know, be emotion, you know, speak to someone on an emotional level and reach their level. But the... Again, you're using that as a tool. Same with like, as you know, Recast or there's other tools to create audiograms and what have you. It's on social media feeds. Any movement is automatically going to capture attention. Anything that's short and concise, like again, reels are like 60 seconds or less. And like videos, you don't want them to be really any more than 90 seconds. You want people to just like grab a quick nugget and go. And so to have a tool that you can just like, you know, grab quick bites, some of them like Recast even has AI in it, and then you just make it branded to you and all that good stuff. So it's like, you're still kind of picking and choosing what you want to showcase, but it just speeds up the process that much faster so that you're not like staring at a blank, you know, video or blank piece of paper trying to like figure it out. And and yeah, there's no, and you don't need to know all the mad tech for video editing, right? Like it does all the good stuff for you. It's drag, click, like an interface that's like a no brainer. You know, if I can do it and if my husband can do it, then it is easy to use. Yes. And talking about saving time, it is so fast. It's impressively fast. It is. I love I love saving time. And same with like for me when I can offload and have like, you know, a system where my team can do things for me, then even better that you can delegate and take things off your plate. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, last question for you. A very, you know, classic question, but in your context, obviously. So for a business that is considering starting a podcast and they're, you know, debating it, they're discussing their marketing budget, what advice would you give them for maybe the best time to start a podcast or th making this particular choice to invest in it as a marketing tool? I think as long as you've got your funnels in place and they're working and you're you have clients, you're attracting clients then I think it's time to start a podcast because you've already got like the mechanics and the growth of your business. The podcast will accelerate it and put you on a higher level and stand out in your industry. And it will also help you attract more high level clients. So that would be my suggestion. But I definitely think one should start guesting on shows get your feet wet, start leveraging that content and kind of get into that routine and then kind of like 
you know, look at starting a podcast after that. I, I definitely think guesting is a good learning experience first and foremost. And it again is show giving you the opportunity to showcase yourself as an expert. I do want to add, if you are hosting a show, don't be afraid to mix it up, have guests on. You can have like a panel discussion, do solo episodes. I resisted doing solo episodes for years. And then when I finally did the leverage your podcast show, I'm like, now's the time I got to do solos. And now it's like, they're easy. They're fine. <laughs> but it is unnerving at first. It is. It is. But the more you do it, and like you said, guesting is a great first experience when you get to kind of, you know, have someone challenge you and ask you mm. all these things. And then it's going to be a no-brainer to, to talk about yeah. it yourself. Agreed. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you or if they want to work with you? Why not? Yeah, they can go to smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. And of course, on there, you can see the podcast leverage system. And I even have a free training so you can check it all out and learn how to do it yourself. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for being on Behind the Content. It was a pleasure talking to you and nerding out about podcast marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Behind the Content Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Koskai, podcast producer and marketer, and I hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the world of podcasting. Let's connect on Twitter. You can find me at Andrea Koskai. And remember, this show is brought to you by Recast Studio, your ultimate AI-powered podcast marketing assistant. You can start using the studio right now at recast.studio. If you found value in today's episode and want to explore more insights from industry professionals, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. We're here to help you supercharge your podcast promotion and elevate your online presence. So until next time, keep creating, keep sharing, and keep those podcasts going strong. See you in the next one.